This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. (whistles) Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Knockout takes, Almunia saves, knockout follows in, Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. You're listening to the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Carl. And I'm Peter. And it's been a while since we all got together. It seems like forever. Finally here. There's been so many things that have got in our way of recording this podcast. Firstly, I would just like cursed. to say... It's cursed. cursed. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, well, it has been, yeah. I'd just like to say thank you to everybody uh, that was tagging us into their Spotify wrapped between, well, it's the end of November and now telling us that we're their top podcast and top 1% or whatever. However you listen to us, thank you very much. It's great to have you on board. If you could subscribe and like and leave reviews as well, that'd be great. But it was really nice to see the Spotify rap thing. That really did warm the cockles of my heart. That was absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much for that. Thanks, Mum. Thanks, Mum. Your mum's a heavy Spotify user, is she? (laughs) What did you call her? Yeah, it's all fair. Very rude. (laughs) Sorry. We have questions from Twitter, which we will come on to. But first, we need to talk to you, Carlos, because Mm. on the the last, well, not the last space you were on, but the last space that we could report on, you, you did reveal some stuff about the stewards and you also put something in your match day vlog about the stewards as well. I think we spoke about that on a podcast because you told us a little bit more about what had happened, but what was the upshot of it all? So essentially, I was asked to come into the club again to explain, and I'll be quite honest, to explain my conduct also Taylor, again, unfortunately for Taylor. So to put it in a bit of perspective, we were asked to attend a meeting based on the video that the steward had of us <clears throat> and how we acted towards the steward. Obviously, only fair that the club have mm-hmm. reviewed that and taken seat with it. Now, completely and utterly, I'm going to put my hands up here. There, there's, uh, there, there's a bit in the video which I, I don't, I generally don't have recorded. It's a bit early on to that, where the, the guy is constantly coming up and down the stairs. I shout out, "Get a real job!" And I'm on video, so I put my hands up. No, no problem to that. But it was essentially then put into my court that it was me that kind of started it and me that aggravated the situation. I didn't see it like that. And during the meeting, I argued my case and, and, and everything was fine between myself, Taylor and, and Andy Jenkins, who is the head of security for, for Watford. If you ever in front of him, you've done something wrong, basically. So yeah. that wasn't that was, your first that was, time, either, was it? <laughs> no, I've met Andy a few times. Lovely guy. He's a nice guy. He's, and, and I've got, and, and the one thing I will say is if something's crap at the club, we'll say it's crap. If it's good at the club, yeah. we'll, we'll say it's good. And in, in terms of treatment, no problems. Got no problems at all. So yeah, we, we we had a conversation with Andy, and he kind of let us into the situation that that's going on at the club, and the, and the current situation is that they've got a major issue with youth, younger supporters, teenagers, whatever you want to call them, and unfortunately, a group of individuals that 
are causing problems. In, in one instance, I'm led to believe that this group tried to storm the director's box in and around there during a the game. They've also had the ongoing issue, which is the problem that I'm having in the where I sit, where essentially they're congregating and getting into the 1881 section and sitting in seats that they're not meant to be sitting in, which some people might argue, what's the problem with that? But I think in terms of safety, because they're all standing in, in that area and so forth, the, the club feel that they need to be in their own seats. There's also other mentions of things going on, activities going on at the top there that are illegal whether it be in a football stadium or on the streets. So it's kind of opened decent conversation. But my argument and my point to Andy was that if you'd communicated this in, in a way, and I don't know how you communicate that we've got a problem with a group of individuals, but if you communicated this even via me or via us or via any means whatsoever, guess what? We can tell people about it. We can talk about it, mm. which is what I said I'd do. I said I've got no problems, and I did ask, obviously, for, for permission to, to speak about that. So that's the current situation. That's why the stewarding is so harsh at the moment in the rookery. I think it's also a, a problem around the ground, so that's also the reasons why they'll probably be a little bit more heavy-handed. I don't necessarily agree with how they act in terms of communication with people. We are supporters. We're not all up to no good. But in general, I have a much better understanding of the situation that Andy and his team are are coping with. And it's an ongoing situation. As I understand it, this is also the reason for the heavy presence of stewards at the entrance to the Vicarage Road end as well. Because these same people, as I understand it, are coming right round the stadium to Amley Stand and are taunting the away fans. So whoever these people are, firstly, could you stop it? Because it's got nothing to do with watching football, what you're doing, to be honest. It doesn't sound as though you're actually going to watch the football. It sounds like you're just going to make a problem of yourselves and be a nuisance. So stop that immediately. But secondly, why the club, I mean, they know who they are, right? Presumably. Mm. I mean, why are they not? They've got got season tickets, surely. They've got season tickets. It's... They're going to get bans. I do get that, right? But you saying get a proper job has got Mm. absolutely nothing to do with their behaviour and what they're doing, the way that you were spoken to, in my opinion. And I I agree. And that was one thing that, to be fair, and I'll give them their due, we shook hands up. We agreed. You, You can say agree to disagree, but we... He understood, and he gave me the opportunity to speak, which is which was fine. It wasn't a, a telling off; it was a sensible conversation. Will you get filmed again? Do you think? I mean, is this something that's going to happen again? Do you think? I I, I don't know. I'm not too sure. I mean, I'm the chap in question. I've got no problems with him as an individual. I've got problems with the way that he was handling himself in yeah. terms of the job that he's paid to do. Now, the argument that I was kind of given is that why are you giving these guys grief? They're on minimum wage. They're so forth and so forth. With the greatest respect, that's not my problem. And it doesn't excuse the fact that how they conduct themselves. And I, and I stand by that and I still stand by that. But yeah, it, it's, I guess it's an ongoing thing at the moment. I, I'll be monitoring it very closely. Well, on, on the point of the stewarding, I'm probably slightly more sceptical. And I appreciate that you guys have kind of been told various things about that but i think there is I'm still, still very, i still I, think I, there is something I, slightly I'm still very skeptical yeah very skeptical. I, I still think there is something slightly off about the the stewards the fact that it's outsourced doesn't help anybody because they don't have they, they just don't oh. have it there the last time i was there trying to get through if there's a problem with teenagers i hardly look like that go on i forgot to tell you something that happened away at hull i'll oh. tell you this story go on go, go on. for it this is amazing. Taylor will back me up on this one as well. Me and Taylor arrive at the whole ground. We go through the head of the head steward, whose name I forget, big tall guy, lovely chap as well, pulls us to the side. Chaps, come here. I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Just need to let, just need to let you know uh, you're being watched. No misbehaving. Like, uh, you need to rein it in and stuff like that. I was like, mate, we haven't done anything. Like, chill out. I said, we've, we've sorted it all out. And he goes, I'm only telling you what I've been told. You two are being watched. Right, okay. So we go into the grounds. I've, I've booked the tickets. I don't know where they are in the ground. I've only been to Hull one time before. We are the last two seats next to the home fans. So I look at, after 10 minutes into the game, I look at Taylor. I went, we need to move. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we literally wandered into, we had no seats. So we did what 
the problem is at Bigger Road, we stood in a in an aisle with no seat with, with a few people, a lad and so forth, because I daren't leave Taylor, with the greatest respect, me, so close to the home fans. But it's stuff like that goes on. In my opinion, we're being very civil. We're trying to be understanding. I'm not fucking the thing that people might think I am. See bombing, blah, blah, blah. I'm not. But for whatever reason, we've got this like hit squad that are constantly monitoring what we're doing. So, and it's just reminding me, Justin, what you said. Do you think we'll be filmed anymore or again? Absolutely. I think because of, well, of what's happening. You're being filmed. What's happening? We're being filmed off of Vicarage Road territory now by the sound of things. They're, oh, actually, sound of it, yeah. they're actually forwarding your details onto stewards at other grounds to say what you I mean, the, these are the Watford, these are the, the, the travelling Watford stewards that, that pulled us. Oh, but, it wasn't Hull stewards then? No, no, it was, tra- it was traveling okay. Watford, Watford stewards, but it's unnecessary. We're not, we're not that. Anybody that knows me knows I'm what I'm like. Do I like the odd F and Jeff? Absolutely, but I'm no trouble. Jesus Christ. I mean, um, trouble is someone like Cameron Campbell who recently got banned from the grounds for the things that he'd done. And I remember Cameron from years ago handcuffing himself uh, to a seat in the Vicarage yeah, Road. Yeah, yeah. That's someone who's a troubled person. And the people that are causing the problems in the rookery end and going around to the Vicarage Road, they're troubled people. You're mm. going to games home and away. You're enjoying yourself. You might be a little bit kind of outspoken, but you're not being any kind of is racist How dare you? well you know, you're enjoying the game right you're yeah, in the exactly. moment so I think that again that's sort of a bit worrying for me yeah that's why I chipped in there with Peter because yeah I am very sceptical because of what's happened at the whole game I should feel like I have to walk on eggshells around the place and it's kind of making me feel like that's what I've got to do but like I say I generally don't give a shit I'm me I'm going to be me and if you don't like it you can fuck off quite honestly because <laughs> that's it the thing is, there has been, over the last couple of seasons, we have seen protests yeah. with completely and utterly compatible with the ground regulations being snuffled out. We've seen people be kind of moved out. We've heard about people who are, again, working for the club, say in front of other supporters that, no, you do not have a right to free speech in the ground. This is sinister and it is insidious and it is in no way the Watford way. I'm going to take a I'm going to take a, a leaf out of Luther's book and I'm going to talk about Elton and I'm going to talk about Graham Taylor. We go back to the late 70s and the early 80s when hooliganism and behavior inside grounds was absolutely abhorrent. And the whole of football was basically going to hell in a handcart. We were seeing attendances drop all over the place. The place where it got countered was at the original family club, where instead of putting pens and cages up and making people's view of the pitch obstructed, the decision was to make it a family club, to open it up and to treat people like human beings in the hope that they would act like human beings. That has not been carried through to the recent tone of stewarding. It's really interesting and very valid to hear that Andy Jenkins, you said there, his issues and his concerns. I think that's really viable. I think that's really valuable to know. However, what predates this by more than a season is a number of people suddenly going, where's your seat? Coming up to people in the Vicarage Road end and going, no, you should be sitting in that seat and you should be sitting in that seat. And what that comes down to me about is about identification. It comes about somebody saying something or protesting because it was all around the same period and then wanting to identify who that person is straight away. You're now seeing, and we have seen for a number of weeks and a number of months, in fact, this kind of enhanced level and a number of stewards coming in. When you did your vlog of the game where the guy came up, and it's understandable that you didn't actually, you weren't recording him before he had said to Callum, if I recall, I'm trying, yeah. I'll try and paraphrase yeah. you. When he said, what are you doing? We're just trying to watch the game. His apparently to paraphrase it, it was, if you want to watch the game, shut the fuck up. And that's why you got involved. Now, you're not going to have videoed before something happens. You video after and you, you'll catch it in that kind of way. During that vlog, you look back up and there were a whole host of stewards literally at the end of each row. And it was not conducive with the Watford way as that was. That is an issue. That is an issue. We can get on and we can talk about flasks and we can talk about umbrellas and we can talk about elderly supporters being treated without the level of dignity and respect that I think they are they warrant. Now, I know that 
certain people have gone and got, for example, exemptions for flask things. That's a great thing. Guys, if you've done that, get that done and get that done wider so that people can come in and be dealt with and treated like human beings. Because the, the rest of this stuff, you know, there may be very good reasons for it. But every time I go to try to get through uh, to, just to my ticket, you know, in a seat, and I've sat there for donkey's years and I'm walking through with some food and a bottle and they're where's your season ticket? And you're going, I don't know you. And why are there eight of you here? Why are you causing a backlog at the point where the turnstiles mm. are? I'm sure that's not in line with, mm. with the safety safety advisory group, that anonymous group of people who get blamed for everything. There's mm. something not right. Yeah. I'm glad to hear Andy Jenkins communicate it, but I'm slightly concerned that you get called in because of what they do, and that's where that comes from. I agree with you. It'd be really good to, to enhance that communication. I think yeah. a lot of the facts they don't want you sitting in a seat that's not yours is because of that whole texting thing isn't it so they yes. know immediately who's saying what where and where everyone sitting to me it's a control mechanism really- it is a control <laughs> mechanism that's nothing it's more a system though we, it's, we, it's, it's, it's a flawed right? system it's a flawed system yeah at the end of the day it's a case of right here's a load of seat numbers i heard somebody say you know whatever you get a sticker thing on your seat the following game which allegedly now I've been told you, you're actually then meant to contact the club to say that you've got that. It doesn't say that on the thing. And what? It's just, I, it's just flawed. I, yeah. What supporters have never had a problem policing themselves. If something is like that, we've never had an issue policing ourselves. I've done it. I've seen people do it. Yeah. Okay. You right. also have to um, come back to the fact that as you were talking about, these people are on minimum wage or low level of yeah, wages yeah, yeah, yeah. is yeah. The, the training in order to actually deal with something. Because if you're going to call somebody in to that, you need to have an elite group of stewards who are there and trained to deal with situations rather than it is unfair to turn when something escalates to somebody who's on a low amount per hour and is basically kind of literally just kind of pointing people to where the toilets are. That's not what they're trained for. So, you know, if, for example, and we've heard examples of people talking about kind of homophobic abuse and people in that community leaving the ground feeling really downhearted because and and all they've got is basically a, a text to go kind of send it through and nothing is done there and then. And I wonder whether or not somebody reporting something physically there and being able to see somebody investigating in the there and now would enhance that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing there, but, you know, there we go. So this is the guy that didn't cost a pound, Scott Fitzgerald, and this is the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Is there any light shoots of joy in this podcast? Or is, it be, is it going to be a dark, well, dark well, this one? I, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, there are some questions in from Twitter. The first one, should Luther Lauren and Dougie Brimson, former football hooligan in brackets, be the people central to driving culture change at the club? Who would like to start with that point? Well, I, I'd like to start with one point. Obviously, again, we, we've we spoke to Dougie. Very nice guy. We've done a lot, but... I think we've probably got recordings of him saying how shit the club is and how he doesn't want to be there and he's not very particularly interested in the club and so forth. I just find it very odd now he's being wined and dined in the executive area that his stance has changed somewhat towards the club and it's all rosy and brilliant. It's an odd one for me. Clearly something's changed in in Dougie's world in terms of his love for the club, but I'll probably leave that there, I think. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the question is about whether th- that those particular three it should be the people central to driving culture change at the club. No. Now, I would have said that you, if you can't have your all-time leading goal scorer and appearance maker and club legend driving culture change at the club, then who else can do it? 
But there is a caveat to that. I don't think he behaves in a way befitting someone that what that is in that position. I think he is very divisive, but I don't know whether it's him. And that was the problem, I think, that came out on the weekend of the 16th or was it the 19th of November, whenever it was, when there was a few little exchanges here and there between various accounts. And I think it, it, it was basically called out that Luther's not in control of his social media accounts. So is he actually at the heart of driving culture change or is someone else? And that, I think that is the, the question perhaps that needs to be asked. Is it him or is he just the frontispiece? Now, obviously, if he's the ambassador, it's got to be the words have got to come from him. What's being said and driven has got to come from him. It can't be somebody else. And the times where things have been asked of him about stuff, some stuff will get answered and replied to, other stuff won't. It will be, oh, I'm busy, can't actually reply to that. But something else might be. Uh, it seems to be a bit of pick and choosing as to when something can be dealt with. I, I, I'm, I'm very sceptical that it is him doing any of his social media work, although several supporters will vehemently say that it is. And when you ask about it, you get a phone call. So I, I don't think they're the right people to change culture at Watford I think he should just be an ambassador I think he should be the, the club to the supporters and the supporters to the club and that is where it ends and shouldn't have opinions on supporters and what they do it should all be about a conduit between the fans and the club yeah. that's how I would see it personally yeah, yeah spot on absolutely I know of and I've, I've met Dougie a couple of times but I don't really know him I wouldn't claim to claim to know him particularly but I know that his primary interest isn't football it's football fan culture it's on the terraces that that's kind of his main passion and you can see that from the books and the type of literature that practically the man kind of either invented or, or uh, dominated look at the Amazon charts etc and if somebody does that and is successful fair play to them you can't say that away the other reason why I think Dougie is there is because he plays a part in the veterans element which is a big part of the, of the former players club so he has an element of that does that warrant being part of the heart of the culture part I'm not sure he is I'm not sure he does but in terms of I've got no problem with that that military that veterans element we mentioned at the Rotherham game that the military commemoration was done really well I don't understand why Luther and uh, Lauren were walking around waving flags because to my knowledge they haven't served militarily in fairness though they are pioneering that element and if they want to walk around I've got no real problem with that at the heart of the culture I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted with this because I think having him at the emotional heart of the club makes sense. I think and being an ambassador in what I understand its traditional part, which is somebody who is ambassadorial, i.e. diplomatic, i.e. bringing people together. Absolutely. However, we are seeing a lot of barbs and a lot of conflict, especially online. And we must always remember that the online community is not the only community of Watford. And there are probably a lot more people who aren't even remotely interested in Twitter or, or listening to podcasts or anything like that. And, and that's fine. And I think you have to look and you have to acknowledge the part that Luther has played and having him at the emotional heart of the club was great. Uh, obviously, going back two years or so, when he was when he, it's hard to get the wording right, when he had, shall we say, an honour bestowed upon him, which has not been accepted, but he's now got the ambassadorial role. And in what he said, it's been trying to forge that role and understand and agree that role is kind of interesting because we did have a host of ambassadors and we were kind of celebrating them. And that's yeah. now been removed and taken down. So now we have a single club ambassador. Yep. But, but seemingly going to be linking into the former players club. So that'll be interesting to see how that I mean, happens because that's a connection back to the past. And we, if what we have sorry. here is a single gateway to what is established as the culture, is it or is it one person's interpretation of it? Exactly. And I'd like to just very quickly talk about the former players club as well, because it's not, as I can see, officially sanctioned or part of Watford Football Club. It seems to be a separate entity. I don't know who's who's in this club. It's not really been made clear. It just seems to be anybody that used to be a player seems to have the hashtag former players club thrown at them on, on social media. And that's great. But is it part of Watford? I, I don't genuinely know. I don't know if it's a Watford thing. If it's a Luther thing, who knows? We don't even know what that is. So I think yeah. the important part is that we learn from history. Just said earlier on about the stewarding stuff. Look back and see how we behave then and take that forward. I get that. But there are elements and the world does change. A lot of people will be going, yeah, but it's not 1983. And you're not wrong, it ain't. 
that actually need things to move forward, that needs modern thinking, that does need to understand how you operate in today's game. So you need to have a balance. You need to have a number of voices that that come in on, on these things. And ideally, you would want to have the fans represented in some way, shape or form. I think that, that, that what's needed is something along the lines of the ownership and the management of the club and the technical side of the club and the football side of the club and the supporters coming together. Now, what an ambassador should be trying to do is actually bring all of those together. If he can do that, put him front and centre at the heart, of the, the emotional heart of the club. When I start seeing that, I'll start hoping. Absolutely. Let's draw a line under that. Gary, Vinyl Music. There was a conversation in the bunker before the Norwich game between Chip Shop Terry. Now, I like the fact that poor Terry Wilkins is Chip, Chip, Chip Shop Terry. Chip Shop Terry. He looked nothing like I thought he did. No, he did. Brilliant. Nice you know, meeting you know, him. You hear someone and you go, that's what I was expecting. Lovely guy. Absolutely lovely guy. There was a, a conversation in the bunker before the Norwich game between Chip Shop Terry, Peter and I, that the chemistry between you three is like the chemistry between Clarkson, Hammond and May. Question <laughs> is, out of you three, who would yeah. be Clarkson, who would be right. Hammond, and I've who would this. be May? Now, I've got I've, a theory. I've got, the, I've got a theory. Right, okay. I'll put it matches. Correct. it matches. Go on. Right, so I'm Clarkson, Justin's May, <laughs> and you're, and you're, you're the, the, well, I'm never going to call you small, am I, but... I'm a little midget, man. You see, that's not what I had. No, go on then. What have you got? I think you're right on me being May, for sure. I mean, I'm the first one in bed at night. Are you? No, you're you're going to be heightest now. You're going to call me Hammond. No, it's not heightest. It's not heightest at all. It's not. It's not. (laughs) It's it's nothing to do with height. But I think you're Hammond, and I think Peter is Clarkson, personally. Power! Oh, oh. <laughs> that pulled up outside your house, you'd say, oh, no, there's a drug dealer in the yeah. world. Yeah, that's my take on it. Come on, Peter. I think you're my going. wind in the willows analogy is better, where Peter is badger, you're toad, <laughs> yes. and I'm kind of raggy or something. But anyway, Peter. <laughs> yes, I'm, yeah, I'm posh. Justin is... Justin is definitely baby and, and Carlos well if he's not scary I don't know what the fuck he is so there we go <laughs> that's brilliant no, no, notice the way I, I remove sporty out of the whole equation I mean, yeah, that, there's, no, yeah there's not much sport in this yeah, podcast absolutely that went, that went for a ball <laughs> well in fairness I, I could have thrown ginger at Carlos and there's nothing he could have done but there you go uh, <laughs> he would have done that as well wouldn't he he would have done that, that. <laughs> he would have done that as well right let's go to Matt's football then that is right. after all why we're here right yeah uh, this comes uh, an hour later this comes from Mike Smart if a striker scores a goal every 117 minutes and does absolutely nothing else is he a good striker I know who he's talking about mm. you know who he's talking about Ryovic is he a good striker he's good in that 6 to 12 yard area because if he could get a ball into him he'll, he'll score goals but in terms of what he does anywhere else no I know I'd say he's a good striker because let's look at Players through history, Gary Lineker was a similar player. Didn't do fuck all anywhere else, but he was in the right place at the right time. Scored bags of goals. So if that's his job, scoring goals, he's a good striker. Is he a good all-rounder? No, that's where I would leave it. Does a goal every 117 minutes make him a good striker? I think so. I think so. In the championship, yeah. First season in the championship? Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. Peter. Um, it's, here comes Clarkson. He's doing his bad to growl. Yes. It all depends. It all depends on where the game is, i.e. where we are in the game, what we need at that particular time. It's not a question of is he good. It's the question of is he the right man for the role at the time that we're playing him. Against Rotherham, brilliant, because we go two goals in front and then everybody's happy. Against Leicester, he was the completely wrong player to have on the pitch because he mm. couldn't hold the ball up. Everybody had a bad one because the ball just kept going back to them and back to them and back to them. So it depends on who the opponent is and therefore how we are performing or not performing in that particular game. Having Ryovic, we talked about this on the spaces the other day, but mm. having Ryovic who feeds off of outswinging crosses. If you look at the goals he scored against Rotherham, if you look at the, the recent goals have come from outswinging crosses and even the attempt, the first one he got against Coventry and the attempt that he missed at Leicester when it was on his right foot, even that was when 
Tom Ince went on the outside and then just cut it across quickly. It was still an out and basically an out out pulling cross. It dictates who you've got to play on that wide left. You've got to go with Ken because otherwise you've got two inverted wingers who keep cutting in, offering him no service. It's pointless him being there. So you've got to play Ken. Ken, when he then plays, hugs the touchline. And that means that actually Kone is much better at finding him with that diagonal ball than anybody else. So you've all, if, it's almost like if you're playing Ryovic, you've got to play Simmer, you've got to play Kone. So it's almost dictating who we're going to start, who we're going to play. And then you can get into that game and find out that actually this isn't a game that this isn't a game for Ryovic at this moment in time. So it's a difficult one to see. 117 minutes every goal yeah, is, is one in two. You can't knock it. Well done, well played. The thing that is encouraging for me was what he did at Hull, which was, and it wasn't great level of it, but he came with his back to goal. He got the ball. He concentrated. And you could see almost a concentration on his face when he get the ball and make sure it went to an aquamarine sky blue, whatever the bloody hell the colour is that we have in the third kit these days. He made sure it got there. Then he'd turn and go. And I think the encouraging element from that is that you can see that the guys on the training ground have been working with him to improve that aspect of his game. He's a good goal scorer. Is he a good striker? Not yet. Is he a good development opportunity? Hopefully. He's got, a, he's got a lot to hopefully build on, but he's got a lot to build on, so to speak. Yes, I think that's right. I think I can't disagree with anything there. I still think things have improved since he's come goal-wise. I mean, you, you can't argue with that. That's that's a, that's a fact. Okay, now I do have some other questions. Where are we? Right. Oh, so there are a couple of things on food, actually, if you want those. So far said the new baguette takeaway on Vicarage Road is very good. I, I don't know where this is or where what is that this? is. I haven't seen this. Where is this? Shout out for that place. But a question he has is, was the chippy on Vicarage Road better prior to changing ownership? Yes, it was. Uh, 100%. Yes, it was. Uh, it was Fridays, better. Fridays. I'm going to go a little bit further back. There was a lady that used to run it, the original Fridays, and it was spectacular. Then it went off the cliff <laughs> in the middle with whoever had it then. Now I haven't been in it because it looks like one of the, it looks like one of them dodgy fast food places that you might find down Whippendale Road. It just doesn't look right. It's hardly A.A. A. Gill in the Times, this review, I have to say. <laughs> no, no. It, it went off the cliff. It went off the cliff. Yeah. In, in, in short terms, it was shite. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like, I'm very particular about my potato. And one thing that I need for my potato is it to be cooked. <laughs> so that. So, so the one requirement I have, and uh, unfortunately on numerous occasions, the middle people that had it didn't know how to cook potato. And when you own a fish and chip shop, that's a problem. So is it worse than that now or better than that now? I don't know. I haven't been in since. Oh, right. Okay. So we yeah. say so that. And the reason for, because no, the reason it looks like a chicken shop now. It's not a fish and chip shop. It looks like a, a, a dodgy UFE can't find Let's the see. chicken. Can't find the can't find the chicken or sorry, is there an ultimate fighting chicken at this point? Is that what we're doing? Fucking call XFC. That's the XFC. Do you get it in a cage rather than a bucket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to kill it. Fantastic. I'll have the chicken, please. It comes in the octagonal cage. Excellent. Good. Exactly that. Goodbye, Occupation Road, says Carl Campion. Hello, Yellow Brick Road. Your thoughts? Should the surface be painted yellow as well? Fucking right, should. If you're going to call it the Yellow Brick Road, well, I take the tarmac up because there is cobbles under that, and then you can paint there. But then, it, it, then the safety people will come out and go, "Well, you're going to slip over and, uh, and all this nonsense." Yeah, I mean, the fact is, no one's had to change their address, right? Because there's no houses on that road. It's just literally a passageway. So, this, yeah. am I not right in saying that? There's no, no one's had to go. Well, I did used to live in Occupation Road. Now I live in Yellow Brick Road. I don't think that. Yeah, no, I like it. It's good. I like the fact that Elton John was actually there as well. Yeah, I, I'm not that asked about it. I think it's just another bit of a gimmick. I don't think it adds anything to anything. It looks, I think it looks a bit shit personally, but if that's what it is, that's what it is. We, uh, we live with it. Peter, what are your thoughts? I think at the moment, because it's only new, you look at it and go, oh, you've done that. In 30, 40, 50 years time and that's potentially when these things will look and people will look back and go, why is it Yellow Brick Road? And they'll go, see that statue of the bloke sitting next to Graham? That's why. Mm-hmm. That's when it becomes yeah. important. We won't the, need to worry about that. The mural, the mural that they're proposing, which is kind of like, you know, 
where people can have their photograph included within basically it's going to be a kind of a, a, yeah. a, a mural mosaic. a photographic yeah. mural i think of yeah mosaic that's a good word of elton john is that going to be done with a yellow brick motif to make it yellow brick road i don't know where is that going well Do we know? it's there, there's a thing at the top there which which suggests to that sort of area that, yeah where it's advertised at the moment it's not very big is it i thought it was gonna be bigger than that okay i, I don't well, know anybody that's actually contributed a photo to that yet to be honest uh, everyone i speak to no. oh, i've not done it i've i, I think it. for for me if they were going to do and convert something to because i've got no idea how practical it is to have kind of yellow tarmac made because you you Mm. get it on like the when they're writing signs on the road you'll see the yellow kind of in the various markings and it was something i'd suggested previously where's this going well (laughs) where the bunker is anybody who doesn't know where the bunker is behind the rookery end you've got the whacking great big car park for the hospital and you go down the steps outside the what would be the southwest corner and you've got the bunker down there and there's a walkway which goes through to an underpass and or it goes through to where you get the go to the car park you've got the bunker there and you've got this walkway which 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 would be great either side of it has walls that 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 come up and if you converted that into some kind of yellow a kind of a yellow road so to speak and had murals the like of merwalls have on the walls up there it would turn into an absolute fan hub a real fan area um that is proper Grey, boring territory down there. It is. You're absolutely, absolutely right. it is. That, that, and it's not so vast. Money. It's It wouldn't be so vast as to be impossible or impractical to do. You've got that no. there. You've got basically a wall on one side looking towards the car park. You could have a couple of elevated posts there and actually have an awning going across the top that basically kind of um, like, a, like a winter, all of these sort of things m- could really turn it into a fan area. It already is in part because the the bunker is there. But could you imagine if you had that and also a sheltered outside area? That would really be something. That would be amazing. I don't know who owns that bit of land, though. Is I'd probably stick my neck out and say that's hospital land there. Very possibly. I'm sure that the hospital wouldn't mind having a mural on there. I mean, it's, they it's, don't need it, do they? They don't need it. No, take some beds away while they're there. What have yeah. you got all these beds for? You don't need those beds. There's no one. Yeah, actually having seen what's going on in that hospital at the moment from second hand they need some beds right uh, maybe what it might be would be a very nice gesture from the hospital to thank the club and also have a mural to commemorate the work of the nhs during the pandemic and the part that the club played you've done done well there because because there has never been a greater there's been never been a greater synergy between the National Health Service and a, and, a, and a league football club at a time. And I appreciate that, especially with the ongoing inquiry, the pandemic is a very quite emotionally raised point. But there is no doubt that what those people in the NHS went through and did and the courage that they showed and the people and the volunteers who basically made that that stadium when it wasn't being used for football, a breakout area that hopefully you know, is there the synergies between the two would be would be great to see. I think that's brilliant. And I think we need to try and see if we can speak to someone who'd be able to sort that out. Yeah. If only we knew somebody at Merwalls. <laughs> Just say Leave it with me. Okay. All right. So very quickly, Ben Hamer, does he stay in goal? And yes. Peter? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But most it importantly, I would stick with him. My most importantly is where the armband stays. Okay, so the armband has got to go to Hoot, presumably. Because- the armband stays with Hoot simply because, and it was in the Watford Observer today when, and somebody pointed out the fact that Herelio Gomez, the person who pointed this out was Mr. Steve Sherwood, who is a genuine bona fide living legend of the club and a, a goalkeeper par excellence. There is no, there's no arguing with it. And he pointed out that, well, goalkeepers um, have, have captained Herelio Gomez, for example, and he's right. But this season, and even it's apparently it's going to be enhanced even more, only the referee can be spoken to by the captain. That's why uh, on two occasions, Backman's got a yellow card for coming steaming out to try to do his his job as captain and as a result has picked up a yellow card he got it at Stoke and he got it at Leicester and then obviously secondly he got the yellow card for trying to stop Jamie Vardy from scoring that then became a, a red so I most importantly Dan does come back in let him concentrate on his individual performance personally for me I think Hamer has done no wrong I think his stock went up by saving that penalty the other day and I think why not just keep him in for a bit you I, can't I, I, the thing everybody liked the thing that everybody called out on 
the Twitter spaces, and I appreciate I'm, all I'm talking about here is fan opinion and nothing else, was the fact that he projects a calmness that seems to settle down, especially Ryan Porteous, who can be very twitchy at times. But he seems to have calmed down a little bit in those in the two games that that Hamer has played. You've also got the point about does he deserve to be dropped? And the answer is no. So Dan, you just have to wait your turn. When it comes, I just really like him to concentrate on the specialized position that is goalkeeping. Yeah. Okay. Another question from Gary. Any plans for interviewing any Watford legends like Badley Watford in the pipeline? Obviously, you'd have to keep his identity secret. I'd love to talk to Badly Drawn Watford. I've never, I don't even know what he looks like. I know you've met him, Carl, and you've, you'd have you know him if you I saw have. him. I, I don't it's like know. It's like meeting Banksy. Yeah, it's like meeting it's Banksy. Like Banksy. Yeah, maybe he should do something on that wall down by the bunker. There you go. Um, That'd be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> who's that supposed to be? That's the point. There, there, um, there, there, are, there are some Twitter accounts, especially in terms of starting off this, that just provide a little bit of joy, a little bit of a smile on Twitter. Everybody is very quick to damn social media and I understand why I get it we're not immune to that we get it completely however it was wrong to say that and not pick out the other side of it and badly drawn Watford is a wonderful part of that who is now on on match days is putting out a player and it's just it just lets you have a smile on Twitter Spaces last week, we had Hornets Haiku having oh, excellent. Have, have, having, excellent. having provided <laughs> having provided the poetry exception to the five word reviews, i.e., you can use as many words as you like if you make it rhyme. Hornet Haikus, I mean, well done. There's one to go with. But I love all of that. So yeah, we get anybody to, to come on and have a chat about silliness. I mean, let's face it, all this bloody place is, is a place for fans to come and sit and have a natter about Watford. All the rest Absolutely. is blah. Right, we'll do one more and then we will say goodbye. But I think this is actually quite an important point to make, actually. This comes from Paul Shelock. Our record this season is exactly the same as it was this point in the 13-14 season, albeit with us having a one better goal difference this season. Now, bear in mind, this was sent to us on the 29th of uh, November, so that has changed a bit since then. Have we moved on as a club from that point? So have we moved on from the same point in the 13-14 season, which is now 10 seasons ago, have we moved on from that? Now, obviously, I would say, yeah, yeah, we have, because in that interim period, we've had five seasons in the Premier League. So, Cup final. FA Cup final, etc. But I suppose if you were to look at it and say, well, here's where we were 10 years ago and here we are now, would you expect to be an improvement in the situation? Now, I don't know. Is the five years in the Premier League an improvement? Or is the fact that we're back where we are not an improvement? What do you think? Uh, I, no, I was, chat- I was chatting to Southampton guys last week on their preview and one of the guys perfectly lovely fella but he was going I, I lost interest in Watford because I didn't know who your managers were and when your new owners came in and I didn't know um, and of course that's kind of going with with the mantra since since Yavi's come out because other than the one season where we actually got promoted when we had four managers in the season originally we didn't have that many it's only really been in the, the last five to six seasons with that exception, which, as we all know, had Billy McKinley and Oscar Garcia for health reasons and for not being the right appointment reasons, made it look awful. The honest truth is, in football, if you stand still, you are going backwards. That's the honest truth. And we are where we were, rather than having actually fallen down by standing still. I think the club has advanced off the pitch, and I appreciate a lot of people say we don't go and watch the stands, we go and watch what's on the park. But... We have gone forwards, but there have been periods where we have gone backwards. We are not watching a night of the theatre. This is a roller coaster, people. It goes up and it goes down. It's like stocks and shares. We are in an interesting place, I think, at the moment with, and we have to acknowledge, and this is what I, I butted into the Southampton guy to say when he was doing it. I said, you have to accept, you have to acknowledge that we are a club. Yes, we've got a history, but actually it's not a completely glorious one. We have had two particular golden eras. Our first golden era, Graham Taylor, six years in the top flight, two FA Cup semi-finals, one FA Cup final. And in the first those first ten years of the, the Pozzo era, we also had six years in the top flight, two FA Cup semi-finals, and an FA Cup final. You cannot say one is glorious and the other is it you, that we simply ignore it. However, we have dropped down from that. We are back where we were, but you have to say it's a roller coaster. It goes up 
as well as down. And that's where we are. If you don't enjoy the journey, what's the point? Because football has no set destination. Those what, those Manchester yeah. United fans who were 25 years ago so glorious that they were always going to be invincible are no longer. Man City fans who are permanently in the toilet now think that they'll carry on forever. Things change. That's the end Absolute. of it. Absolutely. No, I agree. Especially when they get a 1,150 points deduction. Oh, touche. Well done, sir. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, that should see them in the bottom of the conference. Who are we we playing this week? Oh, Alfredson. Who the fuck is Alfredson? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yes, are they all going to fit in our stadium? Quite comfortably. Comfortably. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, Unless you've got anything to add to that final point there, Carlos. um, No, I'll I'll go on on Peter's roller coaster. Yes. Bit like (laughs) the recording of this podcast, really. (laughs) White knuckle stuff, folks. Uh, I I think it's fair to point out that an apologies that we didn't get to that steward conversation for a long time. But between last Tuesday, because you you mentioned it after the Norwich podcast, which is where you got to that, we then had your. Your trip to Germany got kibosh, so your wife yes. wonderfully took you to the Grove for two nights, which is very nice. So that, that kibosh very does nice recording night. it simply because Mrs. James didn't want to share on the special nights at the Grove. Oh, that, Go figure. She, she could be very sweary. She can. She's very scary and very sweary, which is good because it rhymes, so it helps me remember it. We then had, Justin, you went to the Hanukkah party, didn't you? I did, yes. I got invited to the Hanukkah party at Watford, which was absolutely fantastic, actually. I really enjoyed that. And I did the, the, the full sort of stadium tour, which I've never done before. So I've now, I can now say I've been in the dressing rooms. I can now say I've been in the, did you know that, that Ishmael or the manager has got his a family room? Have you been in there? Oh my God, what a room that is. It's like a, I can only describe it as a first class sort of lounge in an airport. It is just absolutely amazing. Right. And then the referees room. Have you been in there? Yeah, I've been there, yeah. Jesus Christ, they should be giving us better decisions. Have you seen that room? It's absolutely luxurious. It's palatial. Did the away dressing room shy thing? I was pleased with that. No, I think the drains are I think the drains are blocked up in there. Everyone's in there going, Oh my god, it smells in here. And the person doing the tour sort of suggested it was psychological warfare so that that the away team weren't as good. And I said, doesn't seem to be working, does it? When I was at, when I was at Aylesbury, right, and we had a, a we had a absolute fantastic pitch. We had we had Ajax and England come and train on the pitch because it was that good. It was unbelievable, and uh, unfortunately, the, the the ground is no longer used. It's abandoned. It's a it's a dreadful shame. But uh, Pete Ash, who was the aforementioned groundsman, who would also do all sorts of things, he would, amongst other things, decorate the, the changing rooms. And the Aylesbury United colours are green and white, and so ours was kind of like a nice bold up to the halfway half nice bold green and then white over the top nice and bright and he went in and he found the most disgusting putrid colour green and went all the way through the away team with it and it was like oh my god I think I've had a headache like this yes it does happen it does happen (laughs) they said deliberately these dressing rooms aren't very good but then she pointed out she goes but can you imagine some of the names that have been in here and I'm going yeah Ronaldo Rooney Ibrahimovic, there's been some decent players in there, De Bruyne. <laughs> so yeah, the talk was really good. And then the actual party was very good as well. I'm glad I went to that. And I met Rio for the first time, Rio Wolf, who's, who's a great Oh yeah. 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 So, that, so that was really good. And so that was another reason why we couldn't record on Tuesday. And I think we were trying to do it yesterday, which is Thursday, but you decided you were going on a works do, Carl. I mean, Carl- no, you, you forget Wednesday. No, no. Wednesday was my personal yeah. favourite because... Yeah. Somebody ran out of utilities, did they not? Oh, yes. Ran, ran out? I didn't fucking have any. I didn't have anything. I couldn't even... My dog is jet black, and I couldn't fucking see her as I walked in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was long story short, but a somebody poured water in something that they shouldn't have poured in, and all the electricity went out. So, yeah, it wasn't good. But that was out until, I think it was about half 11, where I was actually then trying to sleep. Oh, here's a funny story. I was trying to sleep. So I was in the bedroom, pitch black, but forgot that I'd left the light switch on. Oh, so, fuck. <laughs> so as soon as the fucking... You really came back on. Then. Well, yeah. So that was a bit of a, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. I've just had the most bizarre fucking week this week. And it's, yeah, I don't know what's that. Just before Christmas as well. Anything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Even tonight. Just trying to get home. Some fucking learner just got in my way. And, oh, just, yeah. Well, you're home now. But and if you go I'm home the- now. 
You're going to watch the football tomorrow. It'll all be all right. I've got, I've got to see you two, so that's cheered me up. Angry Peter has been in. Jeremy Clarkson Peter has been <laughs> on the on the podcast, which is excellent. And, uh, yeah, I'm just relieved to find out that your dog is the former drummer of the Stranglers. I mean, that's really good to know. Yeah, black dog, there's a bit of niche. There's a bit of niche. Yeah, bit of niche. Well you done. Know, yeah. he, he was born in 1938, and yet he was in a punk band. It just doesn't sound right to me. Somehow. What, Carlos's dog? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting on a bit, to be fair. Anyway, enough of this talk for me. Let's say goodbye to the listeners. Thanks for sticking with this, by the way. It's been a long one. And I don't quite know how much of that you're going to hear. Believe me, it's a strong one tonight. <laughs> but I don't know quite how much of it you're going to hear. So that, that The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club. Because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That dies in the edit. I hope you enjoy it. We will see you. When's this going out, Peter? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't right. know. I was hoping to do it tonight, but it might. Okay. Potentially, we'll see you tomorrow in the bunker, or we might see you today in the bunker, or we might have seen you yesterday. We covered all eventualities. Just, just delete as appropriate there, Peter. Yeah, that's a truism. <laughs> Excellent. We will see you very soon. You owns. You owns. With these Ferrero Rocher, you've really spoiled us, Ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> well, I see what you've done there. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.